This is the Wild Wellness Podcast, and you're listening to the episode on how to personalize your generic running plan and train and sync with your cycle. So here's the thing. When I would see someone else power through a run on a day that I felt completely unmotivated, it used to make me feel awful, like rest day guilt all the way, (laughs) but not anymore. It's crazy to realize that even though I started running competitively almost two decades ago from distances ranging from 5k to half marathon, marathon, and even 50k, there's still this thing that I didn't know for so long. And it's the one thing I want all women who run to know. And it's that it's not a sprint. It's a cycle, meaning we need to work with the cyclical nature of our bodies to harness the power of our feminine energy even if you don't have a period. And if you've ever wondered, how do I take a generic running plan and adapt it to my cycle? Then you are going to love this episode and what I made for you, which I will tell you about uh, at the end. So women's bodies don't fit the linear masculine model of most training approaches, and it's time for a new way. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this episode. You'll hear a conversation that I had on an Instagram live with period coach, Jenny Parham, where she was interviewing me about this topic. So enjoy, take notes. And like I said, at the end, I will be inviting you to wild femme 5k. If you're interested in run plans that are specific for women to train and sync with your cycle. So you can check that out in the show notes. And I hope you get so much out of this episode and walk away with how you can train and sync with your cycle. I'm really excited to have this conversation because it is so specific. You know, we're going to be walking, we, you're going to be walking people through how to prepare for a 5k using their cyclical nature. Um, So just before we even jump in, I guess, what, you know, what do you have to say about those generic plans? I mean, I remember in college, my friend and I did a couch to 5k kind of, you know, use the app. So what do you think about those? Are those good, bad? Are they helping us or not really? Yeah, the thing that I want people to know about generic 5k plan, especially if you're listening to this, and you are a woman is that you're not those numbers that are on there for you to follow. Like you are not miles that are listed, the times that are listed. I think that's kind of one side thing just to remember in all of this is that because we don't hit certain numbers or reach certain times, thing about you personally, like it's a journey and process. And I think we have to detach from like this is my running time or this is the distance that I've gone because it can really start to make us personally feel like we haven't been a success just because we haven't met those numbers. And that can be really frustrating throughout the month as your body changes and you go through different phases, which we'll kind of talk about in a little bit. But you're going to have times of the month where you're not feeling very motivated. And it's really challenging to have a plan that is based in a linear way, which a lot of them are. They're sort of based on a man's body, honestly. They're based on that linear model where a man's hormonal cycle just goes through the same cycle every 24 hours, and it's kind of the same from day to day. There's no flux throughout the month in the same way that we have. And so if you're wanting to just finish, you might be wondering, well, what's the big deal? Like, I just want to get from 
where I am now to being able to finish a 5k or finish, even if it's a half marathon, I know we're talking 5k, but whatever race distance it is, Mm -hmm. I think, why do I need like a, a personalized plan? And the thing is you do because most of them are based on that linear progression. And I would also say that if you're thinking this doesn't really apply to me because I don't have a menstrual cycle. So how can I really flow with that rhythm? That's not going to be something that even matters to me. I think it's important to note that oral contraceptives, for example, can affect your training. And those might, that might not be something that you're even aware of because I know even with a background in fitness, that wasn't something I even learned about in school was here's how oral contraceptives affect women in their training and how you might want to adjust their fitness programs accordingly. So I guess picture that time where you're right before your period and you're tired and you're unmotivated mm-hmm. and you don't want to run. You don't want to do probably any kind of workout and you have a long run scheduled in your 5k plan or hill sprints. And so those are the times that you need to know <laughs> about what we're going to talk about and how to adjust that and adapt it and still stay on your path and still reach your goals that you but doing it in a way that aligns with your body. So yes. I to know about the generic plans and basically that you can do this in a way that really does um, make sense for your cyclical body without just constantly pushing and doing what's on the training plan just because it says this is here to run today and this is the paces you need to hit and all of those things. Yeah. And I know that personally there was such this sense of like relief when I was able to recognize that and like tune in with my cycle, like, oh, it's okay to not feel like doing the hill, hill sprints every day. It's like, actually, that's how we were designed and it's fine. And we have these streets in other areas. And yeah, and overall, it's like you can make, you, you still reach the same goals. It's just a little bit different of a path to get there. And honestly, like an easier path that feels good, that doesn't make you like, you know, resent the time that you, you got because you weren't really feeling up to it, you know, and actually allowing your body. So I've definitely felt the benefits of, you know, just workouts in general, aligning those with the cycle. So I love, you know, love to hear that. And I think more women need to hear this because we're just so like, okay, you got to work out, you know, minimum of three days a week doing this hit training. That's how you're going to lose the weight all, you know, and it's just, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I know we've both seen that. It just, it's not ideal. So, so tell me, um, tell me what we're going to go through. Are we going to, are you going to walk people through the different steps of prepping for a 5k? What's it look like? Yeah, I think, um, I can give you a few steps here to walk away with. Like if you're wanting to, train for a 5k or even if you want to apply this to a different distance you know that I think you can kind of think of it in that way to work with your female physiology instead of against it so the first step would be understanding that we do move phases of the cycle and if you have followed Jenny and learned from her you probably understand this but if this is totally new to you then we have the menstrual, the follicular, we have ovulation, and we have the luteal phase. So four phases that aren't exactly all equal in length as far as days or anything like that. But basically, let's just say the first half of the cycle, where you're day one through day, say, 15, you have this 
eisen estrogen leading up to ovulation and so usually we have higher energy we have a better ability to recover during time it's more of a yang energy in terms of like yin and yang chinese medicine and so the second half then is more yin we have progesterone that takes more uh, of a rise during that time in general and then you know so we that generally makes us feel less energized less motivated we're winding down you know it makes sense because we're winding down to then have that restful reset of our menstrual time which if you've never looked at your period like that <laughs> might sound crazy too because you know it oftentimes such a difficult time for women with the symptoms you experience premenstrual during the menstrual phase but it really can be a time of rest and reset if you do the things like that Jenny teaches with getting your period on track, your hormones on track, helping PMS. And when you do have that reset, then that can be really important. So it all starts to line up when you look at the whole picture because you realize that that second half when you're winding down doesn't have to be like all rest days and no runs or anything like that. Just the comparison half of the cycle is going to look different. So that's really general, obviously. And, you know, we're just going to talk general here just to give the idea of it. But one thing I think of, too, is that, you know, you often see and you may have even heard me talk about like ideal workouts to do in the four phases of your cycle. Right. So and I know Ginny has shared stuff like this, too. So in the menstrual phase, like focus on yoga and rest Mm -hmm. and the follicular phase is more about the high intensity interval training maybe during ovulation, it's like the spin class, something a little more cardio, longer endurance. And then the luteal phase is for Pilates and yoga and things like that. So those can be helpful frameworks too, but probably not so much if you're thinking, okay, well then how do I train for a 5k? <laughs> like, not gonna do all those things necessarily. Or maybe you're even someone who isn't training for a 5k, but you just don't even like to do those kinds of activities. So you've maybe always wondered, and this is a question I get a lot from students in my like, how do I do this with what I like to do? I like to mm-hmm. hike and lift weights. So that's not four things, one for each phase of the cycle. It doesn't fit into that nice little box. So how do I do that? And, and the same with the 5K that we're talking about. So running. So again, it's a nice guide, but um, that kind of generic idea doesn't help you when you're wanting to work with your physiology. So that kind of leads to the next step with how you can take that concept of the fact that we have phases in our cycle to then mm-hmm. apply the, the 5k or the plan. So yeah. head into that, go into that next question. You have something else that you want? Yeah. To- yeah. I mean, I always, whenever I get on, do these Instagram lives, I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's all these questions I want to ask, but I'm like, okay, just rein it in. Um, so, and this is something that I've heard you say before, maybe in another podcast or on this platform, but just sharing about how one person's slowing down before the luteal phase can look totally different than someone else's. You know, it doesn't. And I think that's good for us to keep in mind as same when I'm teaching people about cycle alignment, whether it's with their exercise or what they're eating or, you know, any of that self care, it looks different for everyone. So like if you are an extreme athlete, like, you're probably not going to walk the week before, you know, like, that's just not really going to fit. Maybe to you, it's like running a mile instead of, you know, the six, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is. So I think that's good for people to 
keep in mind. Do I have that straight? Have I heard you say that before? Yeah, definitely. Sounds like <laughs> it. Um, common advice, because I do think that's a misconception that like you often see will, and I hear women say that again, feedback from students in my courses, people mm -hmm. that ask like, well, I don't want to just rest or totally quit. Like I do, you know, and I think those of us that enjoy moving our bodies can relate to that too, just because even though I feel motivated during like I still want to move. It still feels mm -hmm. good thing. And some days it surprises me. Like, you know, in that luteal phase, that second half of the cycle, and I'll be like, I feel like doing something today that that I would have done in the first half of the cycle. But, you know, and sometimes it serves me well. Sometimes I maybe overshoot a little bit and feel a little too tired afterwards. And then I know, you know, like okay, just tomorrow or take some extra recovery. But um yeah, I, I think it's definitely different for each of us. And so it's all about listening in, which leads mm -hmm. me to the next thing that I think women need to know about training and sync with their bodies and um, to think about how they're going to find that with a 5k. And I know you teach this as well, Jenny, but tracking your cycle and understanding where you are, what you're on and kind of guessing as to what phase you might be in or where your body's at physiologically, just to the best that you can. But along with that, are you tracking your workouts too? because that's the key to see those different patterns and things that you're going to notice with your unique cycle. And I call these the, the three P's. So you get a pulse, like kind of a sense of what's going on. And then you look for, or I'm sorry, the first one was plan. You need to have the plan down first. And then the second is you get the pulse on the plan. And then the third would be that you look for patterns. Mm -hmm. So plan, pulse, patterns, and that's going to give you really a, a unique view as opposed to just having that generic plan where it says run three miles today, do a hill workout tomorrow and that sort of thing. You may be doing that, but you're going to be able to then look back and see, well, what day am I on? That's appropriate for me right now. How might I need to adjust it on where I'm at in my cycle? And that information might not come until after you've tracked it for two or three months and you can see how your body flows. Because I know when this was all new to me, and I started paying attention to where I was in my cycle and how I felt during workouts. I, you know, sometimes, like I was just kind of saying, I felt the way I expected to, and sometimes I didn't. So it's, it can be different cycle to cycle even for each of us. And it's not like you're going to notice patterns and then that'll be the same each and every month necessarily because there's a lot of things that can go on with that. But it can really help just to start to pick up on those clues, I think. And it still is beneficial to do that. And so with a tracking journal, like just the simplest way to start would be what day of your cycle, um, what phase you're in, and then workout wise, just what you're doing, the duration, maybe, you know, details on if it's a strength workout, just kind of those metrics that you can put in there. I of course have a template for this that I've refined and share and stuff, but like that would be, just for you to jot down some things right now to walk away with. If you're not doing any of that. Just start with those few things to track both of those alongside each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate, like, even though I know we've both shared like, okay, do this in this phase this year and this, like everyone feels differently. Not everyone has that like, oh my gosh, creative energy, physical energy of ovulation. Like some people are like, this is not the best time, or they feel this totally 
um, steep drop off from ovulation into the second half of their cycle. And it's like, whoa, where some people it's a little bit more gradual. So they are still doing uh, more of that intense exercise at the beginning and then they're scaling it down later. So it is very unique to you. So that's why I love this step and this part of it because it is so important to track. Because if you're not tracking, you let, you just, you don't have any idea. And it's hard to remember in retrospect, like, oh yeah, it was this day of my cycle and this is how I felt. Like, yeah. we can't even remember what we ate for breakfast yesterday. You know, like there's, there's no way. Yeah. So yeah, making sure we keep track with that. Love that. I think that's brilliant. And it's so simple too. Like anyone can do it. You got a piece of paper, pen, whatever, app on your phone and get started. Yeah. And some of the, the personal rhythms that I have noticed, I'll just share. And um, some of these are very common with what I hear from students in my courses too, with what they notice as patterns, because it's a common kind of hormonal physiological match, but like refining personal rhythms, I guess, once you have that information, I have low energy the first day or two of the period, you know, I will probably just go for a walk and do some stretching. Um, sometimes maybe something a little bit more, but not my, not my usual, I, you know, if you want to call it usual anymore, it's always different, but not feel like on an average day, you know, like it was yeah. lower energy for sure. But then I usually start to get a rise in energy by day four, and then at the same time, maybe around day five, six, I'll notice a lot of times I'll have a dip again in my energy. Mm -hmm. I almost, it's almost like that transition, I think, like ending my period, moving into the follicular phase, if there's you know, a certain point in that, but like, it's just that it feels like a transition stage to me. So whether it's because of the transition or whether it's because at times when I've noticed that I've overdone a little bit too early, that may be too, you know, needing to rest a little bit more, not just on days one, two, but maybe taking day three a little slower as well. Um, that's one thing. And then the other, kind of on the other end of the cycle in the luteal phase, strength training recovery is really difficult if I lift too heavy and just do too much and too hard. And so I really have learned to focus on weight during that time and lowering uh, the sets that I'm doing, even knowing which exercises are more challenging for me, even if it's body weight, mm -hmm. I personally, what is good for me to do or not do. And is in terms of too, um, like planning on that flexibility second half of the cycle for the long run and the workouts. And so if you're following a training plan for 5k or for half marathon or marathon or whatever, you're going to want to plan for flexibility because if that long run lands on day 29 and then the next day you start your period, that long run is going to be really difficult. And it's not like, okay, we'll do difficult things. It's not just that it's difficult. It's going to not be the best thing for your body. Like mm -hmm. it's not going to serve your whole cycle very well, even if you can push through it, you know, yeah. And just uh, push past the pain, like all these things that we're told and more of these kind of masculine energy. I think sometimes it's like, no, you can, you can let it go and, and wait till like that comes around for the, the better time. And it's, it's not that you're, what I found is that if we try 
our bodies. It's not that we miss things that we feel like we skipped because it ends up just coming through at the right time for us. Like we're able to land it um, where we need to for our bodies. And, you know, realistically, if your schedule doesn't accommodate that and truly you don't have the space or the time to get that long run in any day of the week, and that's the only day to do it, then that's a decision that you get to, I guess. And also, I guess, look at it like, how else could I modify it to still get some of those miles in? Like, look at the essence of what the workout is about. It's about timeline, right? It's about um, the endurance that you need even in your mindset to be able to go distances. Like, I've never done this distance before. I'm going longer today than I ever have. So some of those things can be trained through other means, if it happens to land, it's not going to do it every month. It's going to be like a once in an occasional thing mm-hmm. and kind of in a difficult part of your cycle. But if it, if it does come up, um, could you kind of mix in more walking to that run? Or is it really going to make a big difference shorten it by a few miles <laughs> instead of depending on what you're, if you're talking like a um, for a 5k, maybe that long run is only, a few miles anyway. So the difference if you kind of rearrange next week's workout and you do an extra workout or an extra some miles on the end of one of your workouts next week, instead of pushing it in on this day before your period or the day of your period kind Mm -hmm. of thing, you know, these are all things that you think, well, how do I know how to do that? And that's, probably from my background, like being able to think about that myself, but this is what I love to teach people. So you can learn it and figure out ways to like, know. I think know more about your physiology and know more about fitness training without being an expert or having a background in it, because there's Mm -hmm. and key principles to understand that you really can learn if you want to guide yourself through this, because I don't, know about you but I didn't have any coaches or trainers along the way in my background that were teaching me this so yes you can learn it and I'm happy to teach you but at the same time you're going to be your own teacher along the way as well and take what you're getting from your body and you know implementing things and experimenting Um, it just takes knowing some principles basically to turn that into something that can really work for you. Yeah, even thinking back to the tracking piece we were talking about, you can do it in reverse, like do your normal kind of exercise and then figure out, okay, how did I feel? Was that harder? Because we've all experienced that, right? Like, some days you're like, oh my gosh, like, I totally got this. Like, you feel like you could just run forever. And then some days you're like, when is this going to end? Like, this is horrible. And it can be any sport or activity. Um but yeah, so sometimes it's like the reverse engineer, like you recognize that over time. And then it's like, oh, this same point in my cycle, every time this run seems extra hard, or I can't push it, or I'm really irritable afterwards, or like, I feel like I need a nap afterwards, because I just push my body way too hard. So yeah. I always tell people, you know, there's like the, I can do anything, you can do bleeding or what, you know, like, I love that mentality of like, yes, go women, like, I have a period, and I can still do things. But just because you can do something doesn't mean it's necessarily the best 
at that time for your body. So yeah, sometimes you have to step up and it's like, you know, you just, you just gotta do what you gotta do. But if you do have this plan, if you're making a plan anyway for your workouts, most people do, you know, people that are into running, it's like, you know, on certain days you're going to do things. And that way you can just, it's just shifting how you move your body, how you work out, how you do that. So. Yeah. And that just leads into the fourth thing that is on my topic. So first was understanding your phases, right. And then Mm -hmm. tracking cycle and workouts together. What we just talked about was then personalizing it based on your own rhythms and how to look for Mm -hmm. like that a little bit, or even what that would be. And what you were just talking about is about this fourth piece, which I think is managing our energy outside of our workouts and just in general, because you might find that maybe you can do that workout that last cycle was harder at that time, but you can do it because you've um, made space for additional recovery or extra rest or, you know, there's something else going on for you right now that wasn't going on for you before that allowing it to feel a little more doable. That's not to say that you should always just try to figure out how you can do harder workouts or do the plan. You know, I'm not trying to say that like, well, what can I do to, but it is smart to do that at the same time. If you do have a training plan and you do have goals, then yeah, you don't always want to be skipping the things or jumping over those things that are going to get there. So if you can look at life and, other things like your sleep and your, um, you know, how you're feeding yourself and all of that, uh, all of those factors too. And just being mindful of how you're using your energy, how you're dispersing it in other ways. I think that can really help to, uh, work with those phases, knowing that you're going to feel different in each one in all areas of your life and not just in your workouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. I love all this. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know this is really beneficial to people because people love talking about the cycle syncing and alignment and, you know, how to do this. And this gives some really good practical steps. So yeah, it starts with just knowing your cycle or like knowing your phases, understanding where you are in your cycle, learning your own energy levels and what you need. And then, adapting to that the courage to make adaptations because i kind of going back to some of the things we've said like we we live in a society that has more like the masculine energy is more dominant i you could say you know it's the patriarchy concept and it's the Mm -hmm. idea that there's more power in those sorts of energies and we have taken that on with that are not and we take it on in our workouts and then end up overdoing and wanting to always push through and feeling bad about ourselves if we need to rest or slow down or do it different and it's just not true (laughs) but that way and it can work in other ways just have to start somewhere Mm -hmm. be a good place to start with understanding the face track um, look at the adjustments and you know Obviously, you're listening to two people who can teach you more in all of this. If you um, are at a place where you're like, okay, I, I want to learn more. Like, I've gotten this far with the knowledge I've gotten so far, but now I want to take it a little further. Um, and that can just really help. But 
again, giving yourself to do that change. And because that was one of the biggest shifts for me too, I think was recognizing that I had a lot of messages of like, you know, feeling bad when I was taking a rest day or if I had to cut a workout short or just really feeling just bad in general about the workout, about myself, about my abilities. If I had a slow day mm-hmm. before my period and just wasn't feeling my best. And like you said, it gives you permission and understanding of your body instead of just beating yourself up and feeling down on it. So it's so powerful to understand this. Yeah. Really give yourself grace for who you are and how your actually works instead of trying to meet some standard. Like I always talk about, like it's time to start following and creating and doing workout plans that were designed for women and stop trying to keep up with the workouts that were designed for men because that's yeah. exactly what the workout culture is. So yeah. just keep that in the back of your head always and ask, yeah. your, was this designed for me? Is this based on a feminine flow or not? And mm-hmm. just looking at it through that lens in anything you do can be real refining. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that like most of the research and a lot of areas, but I know in the fitness industry, it's done on men. Yeah. And like we're not just little men, you know, we have this, these totally different hormonal shifts. So it's like men and menopausal women, right? Like those are the, Categories because that's easier because like oh my god what do you have to if you have to take into account a menstrual cycle it's like research yeah. like that's just too much <laughs> like that's that's another layer so I love to hear you talk about that feminine and masculine kind of energy I know especially here being in the mountain bike community I talk to women who are like oh, I just feel like you know I can't keep up like how come my partner, husband, whatever, is like always able to do more and like just having these conversations. And I had a friend be like, oh, just to hear you say, like, there are these shifts, just validates it. She was like, I literally didn't understand why some days I could be totally on and keep up and other days I'm like, I'm just really not feeling this, you know, and they're like, why? You know, like, I wake up every day, the, you know, with the same potential. Um, so it's just, yeah, there's just, there's power in knowing about your body. So you know how to use it and you just, you know, take advantage of it too. Totally. All the best ways. So what do you think, my friend, does this make so much sense to you? Working with a running plan that was designed for your female physiology. If you want to check out Wild Femme 5K, you can click the link in the show notes in the description wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can also go to jennyholbert.com forward slash wild femme, the number 5K, and you will find information about these training plans there and everything that you get. There's some bonuses as well. And if you still have questions about this topic, I would love to hear them as always. So feel free to leave it as a review on the podcast or send me a message on Instagram at Jenny Holbert. Thank you for showing up. And until we chat again, go live your one wild life.